The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ivan filling in for Pat. Well, you really can't avoid Lisa Cannon these days. She's on <laughs> Ireland AM. She's appearing in tabloid newspapers. She's TV host. She's and she's executive producer of Spotlight. But as I was listening to her talking to Anton last week about the guy who made Succession and a whole uh, wonder of uh, of things, she has a regular slot here uh, whereby she. Uh, lifts the lid on people who've made a huge contribution uh, uh, to, to, to films and so on. And today, a guy, don't be surprised, Ivan has never heard of him before, but when you hear what he's done, it's incredible. I'm referring to James Cameron and the films he's done uh, show huge technical innovation, uh, really immersive storytelling and such ambition. So, welcome, Lisa. Thank you, You're Ivan. In good form. Good morning. I'm in smashing form and I haven't spoken to you in a long while, so this will be great fun. Absolutely. So, I've landed from Mars. I've never heard of James Cameron. Who is he? But you have, you see. This is the thing, Ivan. It's like last week or the week before David Fincher, people saying, who? Adam McKay, who? James Cameron, of course you have. The Terminator, 1984. The Originals, Aliens, 1986. The Abyss, 1989. Terminator 2, 1991, True Lies, 1994, Titanic and Avatar. So, you know, you you know him. The thing is, about this um, Inside Hollywood, we want to increase uh, everyone's interest in film directors rather than just your Spielbergs and your Scorseses and De De Palma. And the thing about James Cameron, he's an acclaimed Canadian film director and known for all of his groundbreaking work because he's so innovative. And you hit the nail on the head there when you said just in terms of his technology and working with, you know, stop-start animation, he's incredible at what he's done Titanic he brought it to a new one. level. Of course he brought it to a new level. And Terminator, I suppose, was the science fiction film that kind of launched his career as a director and, of course, starred Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. OK. Well, we have a clip from Terminator. Let's listen. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No, can't see her. She's making a statement. Where is she? Look, it may take a while. I want to wait. There's a bench over there. I'll be back. Oh, that's the famous yes. Well, now that came out in 1984. Now I can't remember what happened last week, let alone in 1984. Remind us about the Terminator and and where where it sort of broke through barriers. Well, James Cameron had seen Arnold Schwarzenegger in Pumping Iron, which was an amazing documentary in 1977, which premiered in Cannes. Now, if you've been watching the Arnold documentary that's on Netflix, he kind of explores all that and how he broke into film, starting with Conan the Barbarian, and then kind of you know had done smaller roles because originally he was Mr. Olympia, and of course he was uh, was he Mr. Uh, Universe as well of course multiple multiple times but the Terminator had a very modest budget of just 6.4 million and despite all those limited resources you know the creative teams including James Cameron kind of made effective use of all those practical effects and kind of innovative storylines and techniques to make it come to life now originally Arnold was was considered for the role of Kyle Reese the human soldier but because he's from Austria and he can create that almost kind of faceless translucent robotic sense he was cast and really Arnold Schwarzenegger has uh, a lot to thank James Cameron for in terms of his career as you can see he worked was he, was he the one who gave uh, Arnie the big break indeed and he'd seen him in Pumping Iron he said this is the guy I want because I mean many other actors and he went on to have a political career he did Absolute. and of course he married one of the Kennedys yeah. and lo and behold you know he's kind of I suppose action hero royalty so but after 84 the Terminator James Cameron's next big project was Aliens in 86 yeah and Aliens uh, was the sequel to the original 
original Alien film directed by Ridley Scott. But Cameron brought the, his unique vision to the franchise, you know, that kind of combining sci-fi and action elements. And uh, the film received critical acclaim and is considered one of the best sequels ever made. So James Cameron has never um, really studied film. This is one thing I suppose I would really like to, you know, explore with our listeners because people always think, oh, film directors have gone to film school. Not necessarily. He's born in Ontario, Canada. He grew up in a small rural town near Niagara Falls and had a fascination with science fiction. That's where it really started. A lot of reading, a lot of interest in the visual arts. And he had a fascination with underwater and scuba diving. And that's where his career really flourished because obviously we have just talked about um, Alien, but what about The Abyss? And of course, needless to say, Titanic. That's the big one. Okay. And and sort of what degree did he do? He went to San Francisco College. What, was right. he like Because he's such into sort of science fiction and, that, and the sort of... CGI effects and so was he an engineer or what he, was he? Well his interest and experience were, were very much an artistic vision and distinctive styles but yes he had uh, gone to California State University and he began honing his skills as a filmmaker then in terms of his exploration of engineering so you know brought up in a small town that kind of passion for science fiction and all those unique perspectives kind of drove him to push the boundaries of filmmaking but he never went to film school no so there's a chance for us all I feel. Okay so there was Terminator 2 then came along in 1991 called Judgment Day. He, yes. he, he did that as well. I mean, this this garnered many Oscars. Of course, it catapulted Arnold Schwarzenegger even further into the limelight in terms of, you know, his uh, hosting duties as the Terminator. I mean, I used to work in Planet Hollywood that was just around the corner here years ago and I remember there used to be the full Terminator there. You know, it's it's considered the most iconic robot Whatever in happened film to history. That? that was a kind of uh, really sort of almost a destination place Well, that's right. It was owned by Bruce Willis and Sly Stallone and, of course, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it kind of kind of crumbled in the, in the okay. early 2000s. But yes, I mean, he obviously was involved in many, many endeavours. But I feel that, you know, Cameron, James Cameron is a very underrated director in the sense that people, you know, don't always know the work that he's done. But well, often the, the director is not front and centre. You know, Scorsese, I suppose, is the exception to that rule. But uh, after that, and before we get on to the iconic Titanic and all that was involved in the underwater uh, and so on. True Lies... 1994. Yeah, and again, you know, we're starring an action comedy. We have Arnold Schwarzenegger in this as the spy in the role. It was a box office success, and of course, of course, shows kind of Cameron's ability to blend all those genres. But really, I suppose Terminator Two, with all the CGI and the cutting edge kind of groundbreaking imagery, um, really was the element that allowed him to hone that craft and bring it into Avatar and of course Titanic was the big one where okay. he really used that skill set. Yeah, do you remember this? Now hold on to the railing. Keep your eyes closed, don't peek. I'm not. Step up onto the rail. Hold on. Hold on. Keep your eyes closed. <laughs> do you trust me? Flying. Jack. 
It's so sad. I'm, I'm not able to. I can't go on here. It's so, so sad. Well, Celine Dion and, and they all die in the end. It's awful, isn't it? Well, my heart will go on. Of course, everybody knows that song. Won the Academy Award for Best Original Song, of course, when Titanic came out. Massive budget, Aiden. Um, sorry, Aiden. I said yeah. Ivan. Sorry, yeah, excuse that's me. That's okay. About 200 I've been called million. a lot worse. I can <laughs> <laughs> uh, 200 million, making it one of the most expensive films ever made. I mean, I don't know anyone that's not seen Titanic. I mean, just in terms but, of the but, budget. But, in terms of, of the, the production direction, I mean, just tell us how they replicated the ship, how they did the underwater. Just tell us what, what was involved. Well, lots of different elements came into play when it came to Titanic because there was a water tank. They had to obviously film the sinking scenes, which was very important. So a massive water tank measuring 90 feet deep, 200 feet long and 100 feet wide was constructed in Mexico. And it was filled with 17 million gallons of water, which is just phenomenal. And incorporated kind of a partial replica of the ship's exterior and it was one of the largest water tanks ever built for film. So as James Cameron is very pernickety and he's very uh, persistent and, and in his childhood he'd done he underwater diving he had a kind of real interest in this area huge uh, from interest. the early days yeah. indeed and I think that really was what drove him to make sure that Titanic was particularly historically accurate he always I mean he was only talking about it last week wasn't he he was saying how important it was to get the accuracy of recreating the ship and what happened during Titanic and of that time so scale models was a huge part of it as well and um, we mentioned about his his, you know, his time in the California State University where he was really into, of course, um, you know, shaping artistic vision. Well, the scale models had to be right as well. 90% scale replica of the ship's bow was constructed for the film's iconic scenes. So it was meticulously designed and crafted. I mean, I believe there was huge rows on set. Crew were totally, you He, he know, made them get into perishing yeah. cold water, didn't he? He did. Um, Kate Winslet had pneumonia after And she had to hold scenes. her breath forever. She did. She and herself and Leo had it. Well, I mean, James Cameron's known as a difficult director. This yeah. is something that I think people don't know about him. Yeah. He's, He's like me. Don't suffer fools badly. <laughs> no. Absolutely. See Get how it nervous right I am behind the mic here. Look, I'm shaking like a leaf. No, no, no. no, He's, no uh, He's a tough guy. He like, And he knows, I think he's a perfectionist would be the... That would be yeah. the thing. And sometimes when people are perfectionists, you know, obviously it leans into so many other idiosyncrasies and he will hmm. say himself, you know, I'm, I'm difficult. I'm a really difficult, you know, director. But the, 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 the meticulous nature as well as the technical innovation with that big tank it it really and it won all the Oscars didn't it that scooped. year it's scooped I mean I think it's in and around the 11 Oscar mark and you know the thing about filming in cold water you know he, he had to be careful but he had to heat some of the water to make the actors more comfortable but he wanted them to experience the real conditions and I suppose when you get into that kind of method acting or method directing you're going to run into difficulties because there was loads of set accidents as well there was injuries people broke bones broken you know collarbones and of course the big one with Kate Winslet in the frigid water but the big <laughs> running joke that's been on uh, Instagram lately is could Jack, aka Leonardo DiCaprio, fit on the final piece in in the in the sea, and the two of them could have floated off together. Mm. So he's often asked that Leonardo DiCaprio, do you think Kate Winslet could have allowed him on the mm. <laughs> on yeah. the thing? Move he never over. answers Move it. Over, yeah. yeah, I think he could have. I think he could have. I think we could have okay. saved Titanic. Yeah. Well, not not to rest on his laurels. Then he came along uh, a, a, a dozen years later with Avatar. Yeah. Now the thing is, I'm not an Avatar fan. No, I don't I like know. it myself. I don't like that 3D technology. But talk to me anyway. Well, I think. Just in terms of Avatar, I mean, 2009 was kind of the groundbreaking science fiction film. It's It kind of re- revolutionised 3D technology. But what I suppose, even if you're not a fan, love it or loathe it, it, was became, it became the highest grossing film of all time and showcased his passion for pushing those boundaries. But 
I'm just not a CGI person. I'm just not. I prefer um, probably dramas and thrillers, but I can see the level of storytelling that went into this and the exploration he went into in terms of visual and, and, effects. But it actually was a huge box office success. Massive, lo- massive, massive. Kids I mean, love it. Yeah, biggest yeah. grossing film of all time. The latest one is just out. But I think, you know, when it comes to Avatar, it's really about capture performance or performance capture technology. And it's bringing them to life with, you know, them wearing the motion capture outfits, which they have all the green dots. I'm sure if you've seen behind the scenes on most films, that's the case. So it allows the actors' performances to be translated into these characters. Um, And their facial expressions are all looked at and moved through. So huge box box office success, as we mentioned, 2.7 billion worldwide Surpassing Titanic, but, but 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 one of the things that keeps recurring that's that, that that I didn't understand is this: you've got to raise the money to make these really expensive CGI movies, like mm-hmm. you'd, in Mexico, all the work with the Titanic. He must have been pretty good at raising money. Did did he have particular connections well, in that regard? When you when you get to a level that James Cameron or Spielberg or anywhere like, obviously the, the studios will throw money at you, but but also based on, of course, his previous work. And when you're looking at elements like Titanic, you know, 1997, an iconic film there was really no need for him to beg and steal and run a collection box around to get one he always gets his funding James Cameron he's meticulous when it comes to budgeting and um, especially when he gets those box office hits like Avatar the final thing I have to ask you about I thought King Henry the seventh or eighth, or as you know, the one who beheaded all the wives and had King Henry the eighth. Like, King Henry the eighth, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's nothing to this James Cameron. I have three pages of all his wives here. <laughs> yeah, he had Sharon Williams, Gaylan Hurd, Catherine Bigelow, She's Linda Hamilton, mm-hmm. and 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 it just goes on and on. And now he's got a new one, Susie Amos. Yeah, uh, six wives. He's it? he's been. Tootling about a bit, Ivan. He's been tootling about. No, he's he's had a very colourful personal life indeed. I suppose the big one that most people will remember is Linda Hamilton. It was a a very difficult marriage. She, of course, met him on Terminator and they they went on to have a daughter together named Josephine. But yes, currently very happily married since 2000 with a couple of children. I think he is six or seven kids. A bit like Big Jagger at this moment. Unbelievable. Well, that is the life and times and uh, outstanding achievements of James Cameron. You mightn't have heard of him, but his uh, contribution to the movie business has been historic and iconic. Uh, Our thanks, as always, uh, to uh, Lisa Cannon of Spotlight, amongst other things. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.